I have had over time, people send me notes that tell me, yeah, like people who aren't interacting with me on Fridays, they'll send me something, a note or, or whatever that says your consistency in this matters to me. But then if I don't hear from them for a while, I can think, well, maybe they quit listening. Maybe they, maybe they aren't there. Maybe I'm just speaking to the wind or whatever. And so, but I thought, you know, this is, this is not a commitment I made with a like button. This is a commitment I made to God. What was your about not, not there yet? And the like perfecting, we feel like you got to perfect stuff. You know, there's just days where it feels like you are um, trying to get, you're trying to do all this stuff and it's just kind of messy, right? And yeah. um, you can just, you might be creating something. You might be trying to think of um, a way you want to say a post or, you know, a message you want to get out there. And then you put all this work into it and you think, what if nobody even reads this? Or you make a reel or you, you know, if you're a podcast or you put together a podcast, you just think, is anybody listening to this? Is this, is this doing anything? Do I keep doing this? And particularly, I think as it, as it, as the pandemic is, you know, if I say the pandemic is wrapping up, it feels a little weird to say that. Like, is it, is it not? Is it, is it not in a month? Can I trust that it will wrap up in a month? Will I find out that it's unwrapped? I hope not. But currently in the summer, you know, with, with the vaccination rates and with things as they are, it feels a little wrappy uppy. Yeah. And, um, so we are out and about and we are gathering together and we are enjoying that in-person community that we missed so much over the past year, year and a half. And so it can kind of feel like, why bother? Does this stuff still matter now that I don't have to wear a mask and I can go be around people? I wondered that when we first started taking the masks off and when we first started gathering again, you know, would I maintain these friendships that I had made? Would I continue to do the the Friday morning prayer stuff that I do? And would it make any difference? Would anybody interact with it? I don't know. So do you ever feel like that, Hector? Or is it just me? No, it's, it's definitely the same. I actually have been thinking about it in the last several days of just, you know, putting together a lot of digital content, you know, and you, you kind of always see the finished product, you know, uh, when you're on the internet scrolling through, but just like the effort that goes into it and just kind of being met with the thought of, is all this effort worth it? Am I going to wake up tomorrow and feel like I enjoy what I'm doing? I can see the impact of what I'm doing. I know that, like it's worth it, right? Like that there is an impact that's being made that I can say, even the simple, like we all hear it, right? The one person that's going to hear this and like be changed and impacted for the kingdom. Like, do I wake up with that thought and be able to say, yes, the things that I'm doing are worth it. I'm still excited about it. still very passionate about it. And I want to continue in it. I don't think you're the only one. <laughs> I think one of the things that maybe plays into that is when everybody was locked down, you would see a a lot of people got on TikTok. Maybe you didn't get on TikTok, but there were different places where different people who who were new to social media um, had a surge in likes, you know, in views 
or because before the pandemic, before the shutdown, if you work for a church and you had anything to do with their live streaming, you probably just poked a button and it went out into the world. And that was all you thought about it for the whole week. You know, people, when the, when the shutdown happened, started doing all sorts of, of, you know, like wacky Wednesday with your pastor, you know, on Facebook live and, you know, whatnot, you started these new things. And now the numbers are dropping because people can go outside, people can feel safe returning to some normal activities. And so the numbers are dropping. And so when you watch that, that can be really discouraging. But I think it comes from, we have as a church, and as humans have seen for so long, success measured by numbers, you know, in the church, we see how many people attend on Sunday mornings. We see how many people showed up for such and such event. We number how many people responded to a message or how many people responded to a call or how many people were baptized. And you can see that in, in anywhere across human experience. You know, if something is successful, it has just, just show me the numbers. Does it make money? Does it bring in people? Does it sell product and how much? It's the same thing with social media. This is just one other location where we feel like numbers are the important thing. And so we had this shift or this opportunity to shift and say, is the point of this to go wide or is it to go deep? You know, is the point of this to have a hundred billion people like my TikTok or like my, my Twitter post or whatever, or is the point to win souls and to edify faith and to care for, for brokenness and to meet needs. And you do see, like you look at the early church and Peter spoke and thousands of people came to Christ, but also it, it shared about the early church. They gathered, they ate together, they did life together and thousands were being added daily. It wasn't just one person said something and there was this mass. It, that wasn't the only thing is one impressive person do, saying one impressive thing and getting a lot yeah. of response. It was just the daily living out of the life. And our online platforms are another forum that we live that out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, as you're talking about like this opportunity to shift and I, I mean, honestly, I, I heard a quote one time, I I can't remember exactly what podcast it was on, but it was about Christian leadership just in the middle of the pandemic. And honestly, when I heard it, it kind of made my heart sink a little bit. It was, hey, 2020 is not the year you need to remember as far as like metrics. 2021 is going to be your baseline year. You know, like 2020, you tried all these things and, and Obviously, you and I are trying a lot of different things, and our friends are. So 2020, you tried a bunch of different things, but everything was changing rapidly. Like nothing was being set in stone. It was just what can we do right now to meet like an immediate need as the the ground keeps shifting. And 2021, especially as you were saying, right, like it feels like we're wrapping up this pandemic thing. And whether or not, you know, that's actually true, but like the way that people are living life, it feels that way. And so there's another opportunity for change and another opportunity for like some of these things are going to start seeding themselves in permanence. 
and 2021 is the baseline year. Meaning, this is what he, he went on to say is, meaning that in 2022, you can start measuring things. You can start measuring impact. You can start measuring numbers, right? Year over year, like, and so, but what it did to me was going, okay, so what you're telling me is 2020 is a wash. 2021 is going to be this like slog to just get things started and seated and done. So that in 2022, I can start thinking about the last two years, have I done good work? You know, and that's just kind of the thought that enters my head is like, you're telling me the work that I've put in that feels like I put a lot of effort in, um, that it's just a wash, you know? But the the truth is, I think, is the skill set, the um the character that's built over that the 2020 year and like looking into 2021 and starting to see some of the the impact that we can have and and even how we learned how to shift in 2020 when things were kind of like this insular, like we're isolated. Now we have the skill set to go, okay. Now that people want to get together, we have an opportunity to go, what did we learn and how do we move forward? Because I don't, I don't know about you. I just don't want any of what I've learned in the last year and a half to be like for nothing, you know, and to go, oh, let's, let's kind of sort of learn from it, but forget all of it because now we get to like start doing work and then measure next year. Like, I don't, I don't necessarily want that. You know, I don't think that was the point of this quote or or, or this statement that was made, but that's how it came. Like, that's how I received it. I'm like, Oh my goodness, this is a wash. Um, Which brings up like a lot of doubt about the work that we are doing. You know, you and I were talking about that before we were recording of like, there is doubt of, is this work worth it? as I wake up, as I think about the hours behind a computer or hours behind a camera or hours in front of a microphone, is this digital space worth it? You know, hours on a phone, right? Tweeting and writing prayers and talking to people and putting forth relationship and watching movies every other week, which is what I did a lot of this summer, this last summer. And so is all that, you know, for nothing. I think, I mean, when I think, when I hear you talk about like 2022 is when you'll see the, you'll start being able to measure whatever part of me. And maybe this is just because I'm not a mathy kind of person. Like, I just want to push back on that. Like, what are you going to measure? What's your, what's your ruler going to be? What's your metric going to be? Yeah. Because is, I mean, I got up this morning and I thought maybe I won't post, like, I just, maybe I won't post my Friday morning coffee, messy hair, coffee and prayer picture and thought and invitation for, if you have a prayer request, send it to me and I'll pray with you. Like, does anybody care? Does anybody look at it? Does anybody, you know, does it matter? Um, And I have had over time, people send me notes that tell me, yeah, like, people who aren't interacting with me on Fridays, they'll send me something, a note or, or whatever that says your consistency in this uh, matters to me. But then if I don't hear from them for a while, I can think, well, maybe they quit listening. 
Um, maybe they, maybe they aren't there. Maybe I'm just speaking to the wind or whatever. And so, but I thought, you know, this is, this is not a commitment I made with a like button. This is a commitment I made to God. And so, um, I have, I have said that on Fridays, I will ask people if they need prayer. And so I did what I said. I, I did what I said I'd do. I did what I told God I'd do. And I posted my picture and, um, said a little word and, um, asked people if they needed prayer. And there are some days that I get, I get tons of people sending me, um, requests, just request after request. Um, and often those requests come in my messages where other people can't see them because they're things that people feel um, are a little too personal to put out on the wall. And that's fine. That's, you know, I offer that every time. If you want yeah. to message it to me, please do. Um, and, but, but this morning I had, I had some prayer requests come to me that were just deep, that were deep and from people that I love dearly and that I would want to pray with, but that I might not even feel comfortable like sending them a message and saying, Hey, I, I heard through the grapevine, this is happening in your life. And I would like to pray, pray for you. Um, I was already praying for them. I would love to have the opportunity to pray with them, but had I not done what I said I would do, I wouldn't have had the opportunity because I wouldn't have taken the opportunity um, so, but, but that, those moments matter. They matter to me and they matter to the people I pray with. So what's the metric? Is it how many people shared, you know, asked me to pray for their ingrown toenail or is it, um, and, and I had 500 people ask me to pray for their ingrown toenail, or is it that two or three people asked me to pray for incredibly deep hurts? Mm. I mean, I would, I would say that the better metric is the, the two or three, you know, but I get the, like, when you were talking about how much we put into it. And I thought about, there's this song, um, by Peabod called side hustle. And, um, it says you, you see me putting in a 40 hour week. What you don't see is the extra 45 behind the scenes. And like, you can feel like that, like, um, that you're, you put in, people feel like they, they see, what you, what you give them, they just don't even know how much you put into it, how much of your heart and how much of your mind and how much of your energy and how much of your time can go behind the scenes. And, and in some aspects, what you do for social media can be really quick. You know, I can, um, if something comes to mind, I can post it really quick, but there's also times that there are things that I spend a lot of time on, you know, and a lot of, I put a lot of care into. Um, but if we switch our metric from looking for likes to evaluating where lives changed, where um, people ministered to, because if you, you get 500 likes and nobody was ministered to, you got no ministry done. Yeah. Yeah. The thought comes to mind about Jesus stepping into the dark, like the light stepping into darkness, darkness not overcoming it. Um, like we have to step into these places that are going to feel very, um, at times feel very fruitless, 
but it is that short, you know, or not short, but just that moment where it goes, oh, this was like worth stepping into this. Uh, the light is shining in right here. Like right here, I can see how the light is changing someone's life. That as we enter into the spaces that we feel called to, right? And whether that's Instagram or Twitter or Facebook or Twitch or YouTube, whatever it is, um, just being able to remember and remind ourselves that if we're walking with the Lord into those spaces, like then we carry the light, right? If he lives in us and is doing a work in us as well, we carry his light into those places and light, the darkness won't overcome the light. And so whether that is where we're experiencing like real brokenness and sometimes as we've discussed before, real, just people not acting out of love, but then also the other side where it's not really a judgment call. It's just, this gets really hard to just continue to come into this space where maybe it feels like, because I think we're discovering that there's so many people that are active, actively um, entering into these spaces, these online spaces and doing really good work, but it can feel like, light hasn't illuminated these spaces as well as others, you know, as well as the the real life, the in-person, I guess, uh, is what I mean to say. And so just remembering that uh, there are moments that make it worth it. Yeah, there's, I think there's also something to to think about where we've only had this short period of time and ministry or life or um, what, it has seasons, you know? And so a, a few months ago, I tried something for our church for online, uh, for our online ministry stuff. And it was a phenomenal idea at the wrong time because it was the wrong time. It, it failed, it flopped. And um, that was, that was hard because it was like, here I have presented what I know, what I truly still believe was a good idea, but what I also truly believe was not the right time. Hmm. And, and so learning the new rhythms and, um, because I, I think we will, I honestly think that we will see come winter that some of these, these tools will get more used. Um, I think that come cold and flu season, we will see these things get more used. Um, and I, and I also think, um, and this, this is, you may or may not agree with me on this. I know when I say this to people, they the color drains from their face and they almost always go, I hope not. I hope that's not the case. But if it's too controversial, you can just cut it out. I think that because we as a society agreed to shut down, that we agreed to stay home and we agreed, we agreed to do what we've done, that going forward, this won't be the last time we see that sort of thing. I think that it, that there is potential that whether from this or a different virus or a different reason, that it is possible that our daily lives and activities will be disrupted in the future. And so I think 
it, it is wise of us to maintain um, practices and to continue learning, even if they are less, if they're getting less views or less response now, I believe that they will make us better equipped and better prepared for if, um, if slash when, however you want to want to say it, things shut down again. Yeah. Yeah, no. And I think, I think that's just good leadership too, to know that it happened once. And so it is no longer outside the realm. Like if you were to ask two years ago, Hey, we should prepare for a like global shutdown. Like people are going to be inside their homes 24 uh, seven. In at least in America, they'd be like, no, that's not going to happen at all. But I think now that it has happened, you're absolutely right. It is the, as a good leader, now that should be in our normal thought processes of what do we do when that happens again? Like, and even if it's just not a global shutdown, but at least in our local area, like we can't ignore the fact that like there may be an, uh, a small breakout of any number of disease or virus. And now that the world has these things in place after having done it globally, it is easier to think that like my town my neighborhood, my small block may decide at some point, you know, hey, this thing is spreading. We're going back into this mode. You know, it doesn't have to be global. It can just be the city that like there is a biohazard or a, you know, whatever. Bad weather, hot weather, right? Everyone go back into their homes uh, because like Seattle just did, we have a heat wave, right? Don't go outside. It's 110 degrees, you know. That's crazy. So. Um, and I, I thought of this um, when I, I used to teach preschool. And um, one summer, um, man, I love, I love to like do, do things with the kids. And so we decided do, do. to grow a class garden, a class, not just class like not just like pansies or green beans in a cup in the window. Like we went to the, to the field behind the preschool and tilled up a patch of earth and planted several different types of vegetables. Um, One of those vegetables was carrots. Um, And I, one of, we weeded, we, um, monitored the progress of these vegetables and we knew at the end um that we were going to eat these things we were real excited because we were going to eat these things that are at our class meals uh, which were like family style at the tables um so we were all really excited about this good healthy meal we were going to get um but tried to get a bunch of preschoolers to wait months for this for this meal we're going to have together Um, and I had to daily patrol to make sure that nobody was checking the carrots because the tops look really, um, carroty. They look like a plant and the bottoms 
um, you can go and be like, I think the carrot's ready now. And you yank it out. And it's just this little dinky thing. That's not even a whole baby carrot, which I understand is just cut out of an actual carrot, but that's a different topic. Um, You pull out the carrot to check it and you can't grow that carrot. You know, you've got to leave it in the ground. Yeah. And so like there, there will be things that, that you will have, you will be tempted to just yank out and be like, I think this, this is, it's either ready or it's, or it's done. It's not going to happen. And you just yank it out. And then you miss, you miss your good meal, a part of your meal down the road. And so there will be stuff that we have to just let be, you know, just to, to just the only thing in it is the consistency because it's not its time yet. And we've talked a lot about like from a, from a church perspective, I think, or from a leader perspective, but even from like, how does this apply if you are um, somebody who's listening, who doesn't work for a church or doesn't work for like a parachurch organization, they are um, someone who simply cares about the people around them and they use social media as a way to care for others. And I think it's, um, I think it's the same thing. It's just that, that being willing to be consistent in it, to stay with it. It's just a season where it just might be stiller, but the consistency, I think is just, I think it's key. Whether you're, whether it's a professional interest or a personal interest. Well, Sarah, I just appreciate this conversation, I know this was more of like, uh, hey, we threw this idea out there once about like the changing landscape. And then we hopped on a Zoom call and started talking about like impact and whether or not like we were going to just be consistent or do the thing that we we're doing and kind of the thoughts wrapped around that um, of impact and worth and value and sustainability, I, I think, is another thing to think about. Um, And so I know this episode feels probably like a lot of processing, especially from my end. I'm an external processor, so I know it does. But I think that it's this is also healthy, I think, for others to understand that, like, you and I don't have this figured out. Um, the, The external, the created things, the final product that people see might feel that way. Um, But we're just two individuals just trying to figure out what it means to just enter into the space. And again, explore it. To explore social media ministry is to find some land that, you know, or things or landscapes that, you know, we haven't been a part of before. And just to to go and see what's out there. So, yeah. It's been good talking. Yeah. Thank you for your time. Yeah, and your time. Hey, have a good one, and we'll see you next time. Bye.